folks. Welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that discusses where it's been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. So first off, before we get into what we're going to talk about this week, I just want to give a shout out to all of our listeners who contacted us about last week's episode. We're really happy to hear your feedback. We're happy that you're happy that you can hear music in the show now. Um, it's nice to be welcome back, you know, to yes. go away and feel your absence was like missed, you know, or appreciated. It's like Mace in 2004. Yeah. But and I didn't have to go to church to get the, the reaction that we wanted. Yeah. Rather than like Mace in 2013. Do you remember when Mace had a beef with Cameron for two weeks, like three years ago? I do. Yeah. And wow. like Mace went and he re- released that diss track that was actually scorching hot. And he was like, <laughs> I, think, I think we all collectively forgot that, that happened. Yeah. I can't wait to make a post about in Boosie Fade about That's this. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so yes, yeah, so let's get into this week's topic. So this week we're going to be talking about Little Baby and Gunna's new project, Drip Harder, which is part of a recent uh, sort of trend towards the collaborative mixtapes between two rappers. Not forming sort of like a mini group or a super group or something like that, but uh, where there are two rappers who get together to make one mixtape. It's been happening a lot more recently, and we're going to get into the history of why that is and how that came to be. Let's get into it. So where should we start with this, James? Um, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, a mixtape that I actually think never officially came out or an album that never officially came out. There was like a mixtape with um, some of the songs from it uh, called I Can't Feel My Face by, at the time, the two hottest rappers in the game, Jules Santana and Lil Wayne. Wow. Joel Santana, the hottest rapper of the game in 2006? He was. Honestly. <laughs> he was like all on, he was on the Chris Brown feature. He had uh-huh. great mixtapes. He kind of like Cameron's light had faded a little with Dipset, but like Dipset was still very cool. Um, I don't know. I mean, my in my opinion, okay. he was like I think it, people forget Jewel Santana. It's easy to forget. It is easy to forget. It's a controversial take, but I'll, I'll let you rock with it. Who who would you say is the second most popular rapper in 2006? Uh, 2006. What was Jeezy saying in 2006? I feel like that was between records. Because I think he, he had the vocal cord issue in 2006. He put out Thug Motivation 2005. Uh-huh. And the second record, I think, is 2007. Okay, okay. Well, you know, right now you stumped me. So <laughs> I will let you rock with this one, James. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. Yes. What do you? So I, I remember when this mixtape came out because I think it, like I was still getting mixtape was still getting mixtapes from the kind of convenience store wow. the corner store Damn. at this time and i remember listening to this jewels and wayne tape a lot because i liked them both and just even the fact that even in 2006 believe it or not in the days before everyone had high speed internet or maybe they did in 2006 <laughs> but still uh, it was before rappers were really just collaboration was that easy it still felt like there was a lot of like we got to meet up in the studio Mm -hmm. and also there still was like you know rap segregation was still going on Mm -hmm. you know the people in the south hung out with the south people in the north stuck with the north yeah and when joel santana and little wayne hooked up this Mm -hmm. was like a south north connection and i remember that being very exciting and very new yeah and just the, even the idea that these two rappers could coexist on the same, on 
not just one song together, but a series of songs together was like a very foreign concept for most people. Yeah. I mean, Little Wayne was kind of claiming uh, Dipset a little bit at the time. You know, he was he was in a bunch of the videos. He was collaborated on a bunch of songs uh, and, you know, freestyled over some of their, so- their tracks on like Drive 3. And, uh, you know, Dipset was a real like hot commodity then. Um, you know, like a lot of things from the rap world of the 2000s, they haven't had, I think, the legacy that like uh, an equivalently, equivocally, oh God, I hate saying that word, an as big act from the 90s had, you know. Um, but yeah, and, and I mean, the funny thing about this mixtape is that it was actually kind of supposed to be, even though it had like, I think, almost all original beats, it was supposed to be um, sort of like a teaser for an album called i can't feel my face that was they would say it would always say i can't feel my face coming soon mm-hmm. it never came no uh, i mean i, I mean know, sad it is sad say, but i i do remember that at some point uh years later after being asked about this a lot little wayne said that he had recorded a bunch of verses mm-hmm. and sent them to, to Jewels to do his verses yeah and he just never sent them back i think that well, everything i know about jules santana um that is, you know, corroborates that story. Mm-hmm. Um, like on uh, my favorite Jewels first of all time is actually on uh, Carter Three. Um, so like a nice little, you know, throwback to our last week's episode. Um, but the nothing on me with Fab. Oh yeah. And there's a story about how that song was made. Alchemist made the beat. He sent it to uh, Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne's like, "I want Fab, and I want uh, Jewels on it." And so he sent it to Fab first. Fab took four months to record his verse. And then uh, he sent the sent it back to Wayne. Wayne sent the beat to Jewels. Jewels took eight months to record his verse, and Little Wayne took one day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, and that was for or like a record that he maybe thought he might get paid for. Probably didn't because it was cash money. But <laughs> anyway, you know, so like, like a mixtape like project like this was just never gonna be in the cards at uh-huh. that point. And even even though the the eventual album did not come out, even though I will say that they recorded some collaborations, they had a few collaborations last year mm-hmm. that that sounded pretty good actually yeah. together i don't think anyone's really checking for this tape but no if it, the, if the original got unearthed if like jewels actually had i would check for that yeah because the mixtape is great there's like a like there's like a uh billy holiday sample on yep. birds, flying, birds high. flying high actually we should listen to a little bit of that yeah Smoking all day, drinking all hard liquor. I stay high, even high in the song. I'm on Silver Haze with a shoot chief, huh? I'm in the coop, keeping the rest of the birds sleeping. And I'm tied to the tip top, and I'm twisted with a slip knot. There's also a really, you know, last week we were talking about how on some of these, like, mixtapes of this era including little wayne projects you'd hear an incredible verse from someone and be like oh, i'll probably never hear from them again and mm-hmm. last week we we're talking about Nicki minaj on this mixtape there was a verse from a young rapper named currency Ooh. who i remember saying thinking like this guy is really really clever mm-hmm. and i was like probably never gonna hear from him ever again <laughs> yeah boy was i wrong yeah <laughs> so uh you know i mean the, the funny thing about this was that th- uh, this i felt like at this point of like rap history it was like the kind of like the rap rumor era where like 
you never really knew when stuff was going to get dropped. A lot of rap, good rappers who kind of seemed to be in demand, like clips, were getting held up in like label limbo. And there was, I felt like, like because like sort of it was like early days of the rap internet. There was a lot of like collaborate, like clamoring for collaborative work, like. I remember people wanted like a Nas DJ premiere record like so badly, uh-huh. uh, which would have been a good idea. Not, and, you know, still probably would be. But, uh, you know, and I remember like there was a rumor of like an MF Doom Ghostface record. That like that rumor, I feel like went on for like 10 years. It's still going on. I think, yeah, probably is still going on. Googling this earlier and people are like, they're still teasing the album. <laughs> yeah, it's like longer than the J Electronica. Getting their AARP cards and whatnot. <laughs> I don't even think we have that in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And Shout out to joke. all American listeners. That yeah. one's for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then, but there was actually a Nas for Toronto. Book. That's uh, they're using their seniors TTC bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the, but there was. I mean, Nas did actually put out a collaborative record with Damian Marley. That is actually kind of surprisingly good. Uh, distant late, relatives. Distant relatives, like late stage Nas work uh 2009 10 something like that it's pretty funny that's late stage in oz work and he put out an album this year it, it yeah well, later stage yeah uh I guess it's too last... late stage yeah, that's right that's right um I'm not anyway really to hear from him right now yeah anyway uh I, I, you know and there was some other stuff around the era like max b and french montana kind of like got together put out coke wave which mm-hmm. was really dope um but like really, the the first huge one uh, is something I think I'm sure you've all listened to probably, or at least are aware of, or have heard certain songs over and over and over again, which is "Watch the Throne." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this was the first. I feel like this was the first time that these heavily rumored fantasy dream albums actually occurred. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually Watch the Throne stands apart from a lot of the albums, the rest of the collaborative albums we're going to talk about today. Yeah. In the sense that those motherfuckers put in work for that album. No, it was really good. And it captures a moment. And it doesn't feel like it was something where it was like people getting stoned on a tour bus and getting really excited about something and being like, let's do this. And then they're like, here and like, yeah, it's all right. Let's put it out. Yeah. yeah. And, And it also didn't feel, it wasn't rushed. Like a lot of these collaborative projects are like short, recording times mm, probably three days or something like yeah that. like uh, what um we'll get into some of them later but what a time to be alive was recorded in like six days or something yeah. like that you know and, and it's and like, even like kind of like very hyped and they had a bit of a push and yeah, all that kind yeah of thing. and it did really well but watch the throne and i think that you know watch the throne is a really controversial album i think in both of those in both kanye and jay-z's uh, discographies. i think you'll talk to fans of both of both rappers will say that it's not their best work Whereas I, I think this album holds up and I think it's a very good album. Mm. I think that I think I remember at the time the the reception was really mixed because a lot of people were really really, I don't know, perturbed at like just the extreme capitalism on display in the album. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they did a good job of weighing that that like extreme capitalism with kind of some bigger themes around race and around um, ascending to new, you know, financial heights and how do you deal with that when you get up to these spaces and you're like one of the few black faces and then it's like, mm-hmm. what's your responsibility to the community? What's your responsibility to your family and your friends? What's your responsibility to just in general in terms of how do you, how do you handle this this success? And I thought that was a really interesting 
angle to take because what other angle would they take? Mm-hmm. You know, like this, 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 it's just like all the years that people criticized Jay-Z. It's like, why do you keep talking about buying art? It's like, cause motherfucker, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you, what do you want? Like, I think so many people get, get tied into wanting to hear an artist sound or talk about the exact same things they talked about when you grew to love them. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that album was a good way of them kind of reflecting their, re- their reality through a prism of something that we're like, oh, I, I always wondered what they were thinking. And I always thought I always thought about these exact issues. Yeah. So hearing them talk about this in detail on this album mm-hmm. was like really great for me. Yeah, it's it's kind of a nice like um, thing on balance from like, I feel like the other rappers who maybe slightly slight less successful uh, rappers who you kind of feel like are probably like paying their mortgage, driving their kids to school at that similar like stage in their careers. Uh, where you, while rapping about still like, you know, toning guns and selling drugs and stuff, you know? Yeah. And I also think there's, there's some really, I don't know, just exceptional verses on there from, from both rappers. Um, like, uh, Jay-Z on Who Gonna Stop Me. Like, Mm. this is like, honestly, of this decade, one of his most molten hot verses, in my opinion. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of it. Two seats in the 911. Uh, no lemon on the black car. I told y'all I gonna go ham. Uh, to the ocean with my backyard. Uh, no lies in my verses. Hey, please pardon all the curses. Hey, dick gotta come in some way. When you're growing up worthless. Uh, middle finger to my old life. Uh, special shout out to my old hand. Uh, if it wasn't for your advice, uh, nigga would have been so dead. Uh, I'm living life till niggas kill me. Turn this up if you niggas feel me. I'm riding dirty, trying to get filthy. Pablo, Picasso, Rocco's, real keys. Graduated to the MoMA. And I did all of this without a diploma. Graduated from the Kona. Y'all can play me for a motherfucking fool if you wanna. Street smart and I'm book smart. Could have been a chemist because I cook smart. Only thing to stop me is me. Hey, and I'm gonna stop when the hook stop. Hold up. It's like definitely an album that for me really takes me back to a particular time and place. Um, you know, to, I think we've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but 2011 was such an tra- important transitional year for uh, the like modern era of rap, and it did really stick out then. And in a way, you know, the the, the years prior, 2010, 2009, 2008, uh, were not, not the best years for rap, and it was a little bit worrying, uh, you know, and, you know, Kanye being one of the only people who was really, truly, truly exciting at that time. Um, and Jay-Z, who had kind of faded a little bit, you know, he he put out uh, Blueprint 3, which was okay, mm-hmm. you know, um, but not, he was he's sort of signaling that he had, was, his star was dimming. He was kind of fading a little bit. Death of Autotune. Mm. DOA, <laughs> much like that album. Yeah. It just does not. It, that did not. Uh, that did not work. I remember someone uh, saying the night that that like appeared on on a Hot ninety seven, like premiered on Hot ninety seven, and F- Funk Flex was like dropping bombs and like bringing it back. Mm-hmm. When he was done with that, they he, it was like four autotune songs in a row after, and like you know here we are uh, deep in the autotune age. Yeah, not nine ten years later, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, things that are not going anywhere. Climate change. Auto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, no, it just was. I mean, it really felt like it was the best Jay Z record since Black Album. I think, hmm. uh, in my opinion, I think it's still between four 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 and uh, Black Album. It's the best Jay Z record in that in that time period, and I don't think it's particularly close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think like 
it's it's harder for me. I can't put it in like my top sort of three Kanye records, but it's it's still really good. And it, you're right that it has aged well. And it is this sort of decadent, indulgent record. And it reminds me of the time of the era when like rappers were wearing leather pants, uh-huh. you know, and it was like just like gold shirts and stuff like that. It was yeah. like such an indulgent, like flashy period. Mm-hmm. I remember. The, I think they were. They, if I recall correctly, they re- they rented a house in Australia. And that's where they were recording a big part of this album. Yeah, they also recorded in all the most expensive hotels in the world. That was like one it of sounds the like that. It really it. sounds like that kind of album. Yeah, I don't know. I got a huge soft spot for this album, and I do think it's worth revisiting. Mm-hmm. So, all of you who are on title, get your ass the title because it's the only place you can listen to it <laughs> uh, legally. That is, unless you own a physical copy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, my favorite record from that actual that record is actually one of the bonus tracks, which is the Joy, uh, which is just a, I love introspective jay-z uh he's really good at introspection and i wish he had done it more in his career but some of the best jay-z uh songs like song cry Mm. or um this can't be life Mm -hmm. you know like is just it's so good uh anyway yeah so go back to watch the throne again you know give it give it give it a fresh listen and put a 2011 lens on it yes exactly it's obama's first term oh damn crazy that what that speaking of what a time to be alive yes you know that was that was really time the time to be alive yes not like fucking now yeah, <laughs> yeah. still here guys yeah <laughs> all right um so what a time to be alive let's yeah, talk about that alive. that's uh four years later 2015 yes. yeah um that is the two hottest rappers in the game at the time because yes. 2015 if you don't recall is the year that Future went from being kind of a cult favorite who had never had a full-length major label album that had really captured the magic of his mixtape stuff. With it, maybe Pluto d- did, agree, but yeah. in terms of like the critical and commercial, mm-hmm. like con- getting the two of those together, yeah. he still hadn't done it, even though it seemed like he had all the tools to do it. Mm-hmm. He was always at the, near the top of the charts through through being on features. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mixtapes were like huge, huge with with music critics and fans, mm-hmm. but he never really figured it out. And he finally did it in 2015 with yeah. the album DS2, Dirty Sprite 2. Yeah. Um, and, and had a, two amazing mixtapes before that. Obviously. Three. Three. Like, yeah. Depending on how you feel about Beast Mode. The original that's right. Beast Mode. That's right. Beast Mode, uh, Monster, 56 Nights. Yeah. Um, and that year was the year that Drake released. If you're still it, reading this, yes. Buff Tough Trap Drake came out. Yes, it was a it was a new era of Drake. I mean, I had a, a, a thought recently that maybe this era of rap peaked in 2015 because it was when like Drake, new Drake came out. It was when Young Thug really like came into his own, and mm. when Future was like killing it, and like kind of so many of the current styles are sort of derivative of of those artists of that year. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I mean, think we're st- we're still we're like in the hangover phase of of that yeah of that era. And you know, so when when uh, when that record came out, I think I mean it, it had just it, even probably higher expectations in some respects than Watch the Throne because Watch the Throne felt like such a bonus and felt so exciting. It was like just coming at the uh, this point where both of the most in-demand artists were like getting together. There had never really been anything like that mm-hmm. ever before. I mean, again, as much as I said that Jules and uh, Lil Wayne were the hottest rappers, it just didn't really, it didn't really compare and there just wasn't the same awareness of, of it, you know? Um, I mean, so what, how do you feel about that record, Jordan? Uh, what a Time to Be Alive? Yeah. I think that 
it was honestly perfect for its time. Mm, I was re-listening to it. I was listening to it again today. And some of the songs haven't aged well as being super special. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of like okay tracks, Mm -hmm. but they're still pretty good songs. Yeah. You know, I think that in both of these, in both Drake and Future's discography, they don't really stand out because both Drake and Future have dozens and dozens of incredible songs. Yes. You know? Yeah. And these songs on any, in any other artist's, you know, catalog yeah. would be top 10, top 20, top 15. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't really hold weight here. Yeah. Um, but I do think that a lot of them still stand up like diamonds dancing. Diamonds dancing is my favorite song from that record. Great. Yeah. Diamonds dancing is great. Um, some of them just don't sound good anymore. I don't think yeah. like I was listening to, uh, big rings. I actually heard that playing from a car on my way here. Believe it's it or like, not. I got a, re- it just like, let's play. Can we play a little bit of it right now? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I got a really big, and they need some really big rings they need some really nice things better be coming with no strings better be coming with no strings we need some really nice things we need some really big rings i got a really big team i got a really big it just sounds corny yeah like like my friends they want big rings yeah no it, it it's like kind of Drake's tough talk, toughest sounding talk in some respects at the, at the, time, at the time at the time now yeah, Drake, Drake has said way wilder shit now yeah, yeah. he's also way more buff yeah exactly. which gives him more license you're like that he might do it yeah it's true it seems like he he has friends and they seem quite scary yeah yeah you know and, and then he was like he really needs to buy them some very nice things yes <laughs> I, I think it was kind of like drake dipping his toe into the water yeah. of like tough talk yeah um, i mean at the time every, a lot of people made fun of the record for it being like uh drake talking about how like Girls didn't text him back, and Future talking about how he like wanted to die because of what he'd seen and experienced in life. <laughs> yes, there was there was a lot of those tweets. I remember that. Yeah, quite funny. Yeah, because <laughs> they're not wrong. No, like, if you, they're not wrong. It's, at all. it's not just that song. It's like yeah, live throughout from, the entire live from album. the gutter is yeah. like the, the Future solo joint on it, uh-huh. and it's just like the comparison between that and like Drake being like yeah upset about. Uh, people being on their phone while he's talking or something like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that, that album also gave us a, an enduring track, which is Jumpman. Yeah. I was never crazy about it. I actually... It's, like club, it's a clubby club It is banger. a clubby song. I, I would be happy to hear it in an unexpected place, but if I heard it in an expected place, I'd be like, eh. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I, I guess, like, the, the one thing I really like about that song is, like, how it, like, references the recording of the album that's true that's, it's like that's true. them boys up to something yeah you know they spent two or three weeks at the country it's like i love that it's like it, it has that like conspiratorial like what's what's going on like it really it's like the perspective of the fan yeah from them which no, i just find true. to be an interesting thing yeah absolutely mm. you know i i mean it, it and it kind of speaks to the general uh just nature of these types of records that they do feel almost like fan lip service in some respects, it's almost like these like hypotheticals that you could you would do with maybe with your friends being like, who would be like the best, uh, you know, collaborative pairing that you can think of, mm-hmm. which is still like actually a fun exercise to me, you know. But the fact of the matter is it rarely works out to be more than the sum of its parts. Yes. You know, I think that in general and I mean, there's a few other albums that we can talk about, um, especially because like now. It's you talking about it as being fan service, which is exactly what it is. And I think in the streaming era, it's it's a lot easier to just record a bunch of music, medium oak, medium yeah. good songs, yeah, and release it mm-hmm. because 
if you're an artist with any sort of fan base, people are going to listen to it. There's an, there's like a, you know, there's a curiosity. Listen, Mm -hmm. there's just, I'm a fan of these artists. Listen, yeah. then the music doesn't really have to stick. It won't hurt you to put out a mid project. No, you know? And I think, especially when it's something like this, which is seen as like, let's give this a shot. People understand that it's not like the, the like big release, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not, this isn't your like big album or whatever. It's going to treat it a little bit differently. Yeah. Even though, but it does seem to get like the album, promotional cycle in some ways Mm -hmm. like the i mean the blogs are what the blogs are and they need content to feed the the grist you know yeah yeah. like you know so there's always going to be like updates and like here's some snippets but i mean if you look at if you look back a few years like even before uh what a time before what a time to be alive like one of the artists who was one of the I feel like originators of just doing the mixtape, the collaborative mm-hmm. mixtape a lot was Gucci Mane. Yes, he made absolutely. one with Young Thug. He made one with he made a great one with Future called Free Bricks. Which, yes, like the, I think it's six songs, and these songs still mostly hold up. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a one with Waka called Fer- Ferrari, Ferrari Boys. Boys. That was an album. It was yeah, it was it was, it was huge. I felt like that was sort of like uh, before everything started to go really bad for Brick Squad. It was sort of like this like. Uh, almost a peak for them in some respects. Um, and, you know, before, uh, sort of simpler days before Waka and Gucci fell out, before Gucci had his little, his like social media meltdown, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he went back into jail. And when he went back into jail, uh, you know, whoever was managing him did such a good job with releasing the music he had stored. Yeah, there's actually an article on BuzzFeed back in the day that was about this. Mm-hmm. And it was basically Gucci Mane and his producer, Sean Payne had worked this thing out where Gucci gave him these hard drives. And while Gucci was in prison, Sean Payne was putting together these, these projects that were going out. And I remember there was a, I think it's a detail in the article or it was just heard it elsewhere, but like the year that Gucci was in prison, he made like $1.5 million <laughs> just based off of this music that he'd had. It's amazing. Which is truly remarkable. But I don't know, we were talking about free bricks uh, a little bit earlier and it's a really exceptional mixtape. So I just want to like play a little bit of it. So like sure. let's play a little bit of the song free bricks. And then he he's you know he also had uh, I think he released three in one day with with uh, his Migos early Migos uh, Young Thug and Pee Wee Longway mm-hmm. uh, and then there was a Chief Keef one. Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Which has uh, some funny big songs. Gucci, is that Big Gucci Sosa? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was, out part of this was just Gucci Mane. It's one of the most prolific artists of any art form ever. So it was like inevitable that he would also dip his toes in and still maybe make the most collaborative mixtapes anyone will ever make. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think anyone's rate. gonna do that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was that era. That was mm. the pre uh, what a time to be alive, and that was like pre streaming. Uh, it was a little, it felt a little lower stakes because mm-hmm. just the, these al- these mixtapes didn't get promoted like albums, which is what mixtapes do now. Yeah, and they it's were all just... very confusing. I, I mean, at this point, it feels like like 
I, you almost hesitate to even make the distinction. It's like more. It's probably even better just call them projects. Yes. Because with some artists, it's hard to discern. You don't know until they're on the rollout cycle and they're talking to Charlemagne and and Angela Yee, and they're like, "No, this, this is a mixtape." Yeah. You know, you you, yeah, you yeah. have no idea. I feel like usually that is purely for like uh, contractual obligations. Like that must be the only reason it exists anymore. Uh-huh. You know, because you owe a label such and such work mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of feel like with what a time to be alive, uh, it was part of a trend towards making these things a little bit more official, um, and more substantial. There's a record that we're not going to talk about today because we're going to be talking about a lot very soon. That is maybe the best version of this, in my opinion, or at least my favorite of all time. I would agree. Uh, which is by Rich Homie Kwan and Young Thug called The Tour. It's called The Tour Part One. Part One. There never was a part two. and Never officially, officially. There will be. Yeah, yeah. there was never an official part two, and I don't know if there will be, because it seems like the two artists have have a falling out. And Rich Homie Kwan's fallen off. Yes. Um, But yeah, well, that's all we're going to say about that. For we're gonna now. we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna go, go deep. We're gonna do, go deep into the tour part one uh, at a later stage. Yeah, but just know that it is truly exceptional. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, and then, like, kind of in the last year and a bit, there seems to have been uh, maybe in part because Migos needed to diversify their assets. Uh, <laughs> there was a bit of a push towards uh, some more recent. Uh, Kind of high profile collaborations there without warning by Twenty One Savage and Offset and Metro Boomin and Metro Boomin, which is actually I think it's a really good mixtape. Mm-hmm. Um, has some enduring songs like Ric Flair Drip, Killers. yeah, uh, Ric Flair Drip, and uh, yeah, just it's a it's a it's a good solid mixtape. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's play a little bit of Ghostface Killers. Yeah. And then there was Huncho Jack. Huncho Jack, which is a long rumored Travis Scott, Travis Scott, Scott Quavo, Quavo record, record. Which I think underwhelmed most people, as I think I've mentioned before. Yeah. I like it a You're lot. You're a huge evangelist for this. Because this. I, I feel like people were sick of the Migos by the time this came out. That's true. And they also expected that Travis would, it would be less Migosy and more Travisy mm-hmm. than it, it ended up being. But it's still pretty Travisy. And there's just really what I like about it is there's some really good production on it. Uh-huh. Like really, truly, truly Mike excellent. Dean went hard on the on that on that project. Yes. Yeah. Super, super good. I think in general, the reason that it sounds more Migosy is that at some point Quavo particularly, but Migos in general are so influenced by Travis in a way as as the, yes. to be almost indistinguishable. That's true. Like if you if you think about uh, culture, the original Migos album, mm-hmm. songs like uh, Kelly Price. Yeah, that's true. You know, that's like it. It that's like a Travis sound. Yeah, you know, they kind of and they kind of did change from be, having sort of like a a more like traditional Atlanta sound to having more of like a Travis like uh, you know like harder like sort of harder sort of or like and just having a wider sort of spectrum of hazy yeah. singing with like elongated va- like yeah you know yeah rather words. than the just fast rapping yes, all the exactly. time yeah um yeah and it, so it's it's sort of now become almost this is like something it's you can almost expect out of especially like atlanta rappers yeah, you yeah. know um but even then i feel like there's it's i could see it just becoming almost a staple until it, we get 
truly tired of it, this sort of collaborative uh-huh. mixtape. Borderline, I'm borderline there yeah. almost. You <laughs> I know? mean, that's true. I mean, when su- I was super excited when Super Slimy was announced, which is mm-hmm. the project of Future and Young Thug. Mm-hmm. These two titans of New Atlanta, yeah. the two probably most influential rappers from Atlanta of this decade. Yeah, my and I think my two favorite rappers of the decade. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's true. And... You know, for years they they actually weren't on good, good. terms. They yeah. were they had beef, and then at some point the beef got cleared up, and now they're like the best of pals, yeah. which is very sweet. I <laughs> they love like take that. bike rides together and whatnot. I love, yes, <laughs> they have a very sweet picture of the two of them on bikes together, and I love <laughs> I love the way that Young Thug talks about future, and it's just they just have a really beautiful relationship. Mm-hmm. Project Super Slimy, I think pretty it, it, while it did produce some really interesting songs from from both of them and mm-hmm. together, uh, like Killed Before. The Young Thug mm. song is great. 200. That's right. Um, but outside of that, I think it was also just generally as a project, like pretty, pretty medium, pretty mid. Mm-hmm. It was. And it, I mean, it again, one of those things you just have such high expectations or hopes for. Uh, but it, I don't know that people, I, you, when you listen to something like this, you wonder, do these artists consciously uh, not bring their best? Because it's not, it's not it's like a, their theirs. song. It's like, yeah. They have to share splitting it. the money. Yeah, everything is like split. Yeah, yeah. They probably won't perform it. This material. That's right. Out on tour. Like it, the songs kind of feel a little bit more throwaway, especially in the streaming era where it just doesn't take as much to put something up on a streaming s- service and mm-hmm. actually to theoretically sell it in the same way that you'd sell an album. Yeah, but with like maybe like less effort. Mm-hmm. I want. I even wonder if like if artists you know, in these cases think like there are, there's songs that I'm going to get royalties for, for a very long time. And there's songs I'm not the songs that are just kind of now. And like, yeah, I'll get a little bit of money from them. I'll get some buzz from them. But like, ultimately I don't know if you know how many artists are that savvy. Like I think Gucci means that savvy, mm-hmm. you know, but I think, I don't know if, if say young thug and future are that savvy, uh, but you kind of feel like they are. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would bank, I would bank on, that they are at the very least future the, the bank on future, future yeah knowing the deal with this yeah absolutely thugger seems like a more of a free freewheeling like art like you know artist yes. that he like he just sometimes, puts, sometimes you'll just hear like the craziest young thug verse on a throwaway song but with a bad beat with a bad yeah and you're just like you really went the fuck in on yeah that. no for sure you know whereas a lot of other guys are a little more you know you choosy see, yeah you could see them being restrictive about where mm-hmm. they're gonna give their best stuff yeah absolutely so um, you know, I, th- I think we can... I think we can go into uh, Drip Harder now. Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention the Big Sean Janae Aiko project, <laughs> but I don't think we need to get into that here. We can talk about that off air. Just the two of us or yeah. anyone who's listening who wants to discuss that. Please message James, only James <laughs> about this project. Do not message me. Message James. He wants to talk to you. Hit him on Instagram or Twitter. And if you need his personal Facebook, I can get it to you. <laughs> yeah, please do. You know, what's she up to these days, do you think? She's still releasing music. She's she? touring. Yeah, she's doing her thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good for her. Yeah. Okay. So, Drip Harder. Um, so like coming out the release of before the release of this well, record, I think first we should probably talk about uh, 2018 and what little baby and gonna mean to this year. That's true. So I think both artists have kind of exploded out of Atlanta. Like we've spent some time talking about how, and there's been some discussion in Boosie fade, the group, which is uh, the Facebook group we run about hip hop and R and B, which we are contractually obligated to tell people every episode that if you're not in the group, you should join it. 
Yeah. Um, but there's, there, I remember a little while ago, there was a really interesting post from somebody who said, Atlanta is always, for at least for most of this decade, and for honestly, the last like 13, I'd 14 20 years, years, 20 years, been constantly pro- providing fresh new rappers with different styles and just unique voices in hip hop. Whereas it seems like in the last few years that that has really switched to being Florida, like where a lot of the new young stars with the interesting flows and cadences and mm-hmm. slang are coming from Florida and it's not Atlanta. And it's like, has Atlanta fallen off? Mm-hmm. And I mean, part of the reason that Atlanta, in addition to just having like a lot of creativity, part of the reason that they've always, they've had such an outsized influence in hip hop and probably become the new center, at least of the last like, you know, however, like decade yeah, is that, they have they have the musical infrastructure for it. They mm-hmm. have the, they have huge radio stations that play hip hop. Yeah, they have the a litany clubs. of strip clubs where hip hop is played. Mm-hmm. It's just like culturally, I think it's been and just despite you know, there's also all the, re- the recording studios. Mm-hmm. So I think that over over time, it has created this expectation that there's constantly going to be a new Atlanta star mm-hmm. and. Sometimes that actually leads the city itself to just prop up whoever the next whoever is like dominating at a certain period of time gets this huge push, mm-hmm. which then spreads them throughout the rest of the music industry. Yeah, no, that's true. So it's it, it had been a little while before they since they'd have people that were like new. I mean, yeah, it was sort of like Yachty, uh, Twenty One Savage. Mm-hmm. That was sort of like that uh, generation mm-hmm. a little bit. I mean, but I, you know, they they like neither of them were the, really the most exciting. Yeah, I'm a fresh big Twenty One Savage fan. Myself. Yeah, you know, I think Twenty One is good and actually very underrated. Yeah, I think his he's last underrated. Album was very good. Yeah, um, he. I mean, the thing that I kind of was kind of thinking about, and what I think the the sort of change is, is that for a while, like the wildest rap styles, like the biggest divergences, were coming from Atlanta, and that's particularly what Florida is doing. And what is sort of interesting about Gunna and Little Baby is that they really rap. Like in, a, mm-hmm. in like it would be conceivable to show some guy with like a backpack and like an Echo hoodie in in like two thousand like their verses and then understanding them versus it, you know show them like a like I don't know. Uh, little skies verse, and uh-huh. they'd be like, "What the fuck is this?" Yes, you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Um, and like Juice like, World, their head would explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it would uh, break dance themselves to death or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just think that like it's kind of and and that's sort of interesting to me that, that it's almost like this formally consistent and classical, but yet still very modern thing that they're doing mm-hmm. uh, is like helping them like rise up. That's you right. Know? And you know, so earlier this year, little baby really blew up. Um, he he was he had a really great year last year with a series of mixtapes. All considering he got out of jail last year, yes, and basically started <laughs> rapping a year before his career started blowing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these guys, both little baby and Gunner, are descendants of Young Thug. Mm-hmm. They directly, di- yes, knew him. Uh, Gunner met Young Thug in 2015. Little mm-hmm. baby grew up knowing Young Thug, and mm-hmm. he. Uh, Put Gun on his first big feature on the Floyd Mayweather song on his uh, Jeffrey album, mm-hmm. and with Little Baby, it's like Thugger was like one of his one of his big bros basically, mm-hmm. and so he's been like just kind of hung around him, and then that's sort of what helped kick off his career. Yeah, Little Baby got a huge boost when he had uh, the Drake stimulus package on a song called Yes Indeed earlier mm-hmm. this year, which is one of the songs of the year. Absolutely, one of the songs of the year, um, and then. At Gunna had his has slowly just kind of been having breakout. Very impressive. Yeah, I did not see that coming. Very gradually, br- br- like you know, 
you know, brought himself up by the bootstraps just yeah. through a series of just well-received mixtapes. Good rapping. And great rapping. And then earlier this year, the two of them came together on a surprise hit called Sold Out Dates. Yeah. Um, Let's listen to that. Yeah, it's a really, really beautiful song. Yeah, and I think, I mean, we talked about this a bit earlier this year, but like, I think what's interesting about both of them is they both have these kind of flows that you described as being like getting caught in a current. Yeah. And I think that. They re- with the right production, like on sold out dates, for instance, mm-hmm. it, it really captures like what's something that's like kind of hypnotic and magnetic about it. Yeah, you just, you, without even that's like the melody of the of their flows just just gets stuck in your brain, and you just things just sound amazing that way, and you mm-hmm. start thinking and like I, I find myself thinking in, in that cadence after yeah. after listening to them. The, I mean the the single that they dropped in promotion for this record, "Drip Too Hard." is another one of my favorite songs of the year and it it lay i mean the hook is uh you know you're going to get caught in the in the wave of their um swag i guess uh that is but it's actually kind of how how listening to the song feels you know it's it's it it has like a real undertow to it that it's like it pulls you into it it's like a, a really lean 2 minutes it's Still, it's probably the best song on the mixtape mm-hmm. by a good margin, actually. Yep. Um, because the mixtape itself is kind of mixed. Yeah. The, I, I mean, the rapping in it is amazing. It's really good. Like, it's really I think, good. you know, I think I saw someone say in Boosie Fade that they were a little disappointed that there wasn't like, that they didn't seem to do anything outside of what they were already doing. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't come with like super strong song concepts or anything like that. And, you know, I, I think when I hadn't listened to the album a lot, I was like, hmm, that's an interesting, like, criticism. It seems fair. And then when I listened to it, I was like, well, what, what were you expecting from a little baby and Gunna mm-hmm. project? Like, these are, even in their solo work, don't, they're not, the songs conceptually aren't the biggest, they're not the, you know, even on their albums, it's like mm-hmm. not the biggest, they're not the biggest conceptual artist. What yeah. they are, are just good rappers. Yeah. And what they're really good at is painting an image in a few lines that really stick with you. Yeah. Like that's little baby's biggest skill. Gun mm-hmm. is really great at it, you yeah. know? And it's also just like saying it in a very interesting cadence. Yeah. And they could be pretty funny too. Extremely funny. <laughs> like <laughs> little baby has a line. I forget on which song where he's like, in Dior, they know who I am. They, they call, call me, me Mr. Mr. Baby. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I yeah. love that line. It's also like the way he says it. There's like a, there's a tone of like, yeah, that I can't. I'm respected. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Baby. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Dior. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and for me, like, honestly, this is just my kind of favorite kind of rap, and I can just take as much of it as possible. I'm always happy to hear more of it. Um, Drake appears again on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, excellent, excellent verse from yeah. Drake. Yeah. Just like standard. I mean, this is the thing. I think Drake is such a good rapper that people take it for granted. He, I mean, like the the amount of just oh my fire God. verses he has that he just like kind of drops off, yeah. so casually, yeah. And people are just like, that was okay. If like 
like I mean, like we were saying earlier, if any other rapper had a verse like this, you're like, this guy yeah. is the truth. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's funny. Drake has become, he just keeps getting better. That's what's so strange about it. Like he, most rappers decline in quality in their careers or plateau. And Drake is one of the few artists who has continually gotten better. Mm, I think so, some people would argue with that, but I, I it's, generally agree with you. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if there's a huge difference in his quality between now and, like, two years ago. Uh-huh. But, like, maybe. It's No, I, I think you're right. It's, like, if you think of, like, I mean, think of, like, a song, like, Nonstop. Mm-hmm. That, felt like a, this, that feels like a song that Drake could not have made in any other year except this one. Yeah, for you sure. Know? No, he's he's been able to go into these, like, just so many different pockets and a lot of people don't like that about him i don't i think they they, yeah. they want like a more like cohesive singular identity for a rapper but i mean for me it, it makes me respect him that he has that kind of extreme versatility so good at it and even like i mean not to go too deep in the drake thing but like if you think of even the link up tv freestyle mm-hmm. from this year yeah um which is just like like i i just find it interesting anytime a rapper can as consistently as drake just discover a new style mm-hmm. embed himself in it yeah and just like drop fire verses yeah and then maybe move on or maybe not or just keep it in his toolbox in case we go back to it like that that's very impressive yeah, that's absolutely. what i want to hear from him yeah you know 100 no, percent. um yeah let's play let's play a little bit of the link up tv <laughs> okay. i'm up close loyal to oaks i've taken a old versace hotel and i'm taking the robes seeing him in person i'm seeing a goals. they told me relax is they're taking control take all that shit up with p and his bro i wish you the best let me know how it goes want to be free and i want to let go we came around and you showed us the most i know so much shit that i cannot expose i keep it inside and i laugh on my own got all the tea and i'm hotting it up i need to shade mansion or rooms not enough you're dropping some shit but that shit was a bust they got no direction and following us i come from a city that they never touch your man is a goofy and he could get I can't name a rapper or a girl that I trust. I dream about turning these youths into dust. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really, yeah. really interesting moment when uh, when Drake shows up on this record. I mean, you know what I think is like my t- one of my takeaways from this album or this project is that I enjoyed it. The production is not as good as the rapping on mm. a lot of it. It's a lot of, like really like kind of bare bones. But I think a lot of the most interesting moments happened when little baby and gunna had some other people on the songs with them to play foil mm-hmm. granted yes it's drake and their other feature is young thug which is like these are two of like the the best the, the best going. people you could have the feature in your song but also on the opening track um off white velone 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 i should I I i've never actually tried to pronounce that word out loud before i mean i guess they say it a lot but i still but, um, I, it's still it's still yeah. mentally is like a, a leap to to put it together but which features a uh, little Dirk and Nav, a personal favorite of mine. Yes, um, that's another. It's a really fun, fun song. Track, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, despite little Dirk besmirching the good name of Uggs. Oh my God! Shout yeah. out Uggs. Dirk has a Dirk says a lot of terrible things in the <laughs> yeah, song. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but my my boy Nav does his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I think it just this I think part of like. Part of the thing about the two of them having these kind of flows that are really, that kind of like sweep you up is that over 13 songs or so, mm-hmm. I think it's easy for it to kind of slip into monotony if you're not like, even for me where I'm just like, for both of these rappers, I'm trying to hear, I'm like, what is the clever turn of phrase I'm going to hear? Yeah. What's the really amazing image they're going to put in my mind? What's something that's just, that they say completely seriously, but mm-hmm. it's actually hilarious and you know they mean it as a joke. Yeah. And um, 
even even with that lens on it, I still sometimes was like, I would listen to, you know, four or five, six songs. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I need to listen to something else because it's like, it's a bit, it kind of like droned on a little bit. Mm. I mean, one thing I do, I mean, I just, I do love a little baby so much. And I, I, one thing I, 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 one song I really did like was, um, close friends, little baby. I, I think, I guess it's sort of in this era of like heightened awareness about misogyny in culture generally. And in rap, uh, hearing like a rapper kind of talk about a relationship in not like really unpleasant terms is very refreshing, uh-huh. you know, and he's had a few, uh, verse, like lines or verses in the past about like relationships and stuff that aren't like totally toxic. And there's something about it that I just really, really appreciate. It's true. It's like in hip hop, man, somebody does the bare minimum. You're like, I love you. Exactly. You are a woke King. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, it's true. So yeah, I mean, you know, check out drip harder. I mean, yeah, ultimately, I mean, there's a few songs that I, I really enjoy on here. I think world is yours is great. Uh, deep end, uh, drip too hard obviously never recover with drake yeah i think like they they have some some really good songs on here i just think as a as a as a whole project it's it's kind of like a lot of the collaborative projects we've been talking about today yes. it's like not super special but it's it is kind of fun like less than some of its parts really yes and i guess the one one thing i am really excited about this album is that the final numbers haven't come out yet mm-hmm. but from the projections it looks like they're going to sell over a hundred thousand copies of this thing, mm-hmm. uh, or whatever streaming equivalents like will make whatever, up. Yeah. So looking at like in the hundred and twenties, which is like for two, you know, maybe before this year by a lot of people, but maybe not the most well known rappers. No, it's like it's just fun to feel like some new scar- stars have been discovered, mm-hmm. and they're good rappers and they deserve the shine and that the like people are flocking to them yeah absolutely and I, I i they're just and it's also not like some kind of weird like teen thing where it's like oh this is just like a flash in a pan kind of like moment like an artist that you're not sure will be around next year there's like a, a sense about these artists that with the best is yes yet to come mm-hmm. you know it's true all right so at the end of the episode we like to talk about one thing in music that we find interesting or or useful we think that you guys should check out if you haven't yet um so yeah i I wanted to recently i was the other night i was just at home and i was watching some music videos and i started watching some stuff that i've been thinking about earlier this year and i was watching uh music videos and songs from the rapper father from awful records Mm. atlanta hipster dude um kind of like a really really un- unsung hero feels like it yeah, feels like a lot of people uh kind of forgotten about him while people have become more successful after following a little bit of his template mm-hmm. or come or just coming being one of his metaphorical children um mm-hmm. and so i watched a video for a song that he has on his new record awful swim uh called lotto and it features abra who's this singer and rapper and producer uh who's signed to awful records and I recently came across her because one of her songs was on the soundtrack for this movie, Skate Kitchen, which I really enjoyed. And the song I just played over and over again. And I realized, oh, I didn't really look too deeply into her. And I've heard this name a little yeah, bit. for a while. For a while. Yeah. And I just kind of never got into it because I was like, I don't know, it doesn't seem really like my thing. Mm-hmm. And then I like look into her music and it's this kind of really like hazy R&B mm-hmm. synth poppy kind of yeah. thing. And it is super interesting Super fun to listen to, 
And you can, I think you can just find yourself just listening to her. Like she's one of those artists that I feel like you can listen to all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Like I have been with, with her song pull up mm-hmm. all day, every day for a full week. Like literally just playing the song over and over again wow. on the subway, walking around, just having it be the soundtrack to my life. Mm-hmm. And at no point, I'm still not sick of it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm still not sick of the song. It's, I don't know. Anyway, she hasn't really, she hasn't put out, she's been, she was featured on this father song. She hasn't put out a project in a, in a little while. She is in the new movie, Assassination Nation. Huh. Um, she acts in it? She acts in it. Interesting. And uh, so I haven't seen it yet, but I'm absolutely going to see it because now I'm like full Abra Stan. Damn, yeah. Apparently she performed here in Toronto for Pride last year, um, and I wish I had I'd known about it or mm-hmm. I knew about her at the time. But anyway, I just really think that you should you should check her out if you haven't. I think she, there's like... It, there's a there's a little bit of something for everyone, I would say, in Abra, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a huge fan of the song "Pull Up." That's particularly my my jam. That's the one I've been listening to. So, yeah, Abra Hive. Dope. My recommendation for this week is the artist Black, aka Six Lack, and his new record "East Atlanta Love Letter." Um, he he uh, had a, a really great sort of breakout hit. Um, last year was it last year 2006 2016 2017 i think kind of the winner uh called problems um you know he's he's been doing pretty well he was in a he had a a song with uh khalid not the dj the uh young very successful singer um earlier this year uh that was pretty good um and this record is really you know it's really solid it I'm not sure if any songs have really stood out to me yet, but he's just kind of got the type of voice that is easy to enjoy and uh, isn't pretty inoffensive and sort of similar to what Jordan's describing with Abra. That for me, at least, it's a kind of R&B I can have sort of playing in the background and there's something kind of appealing about it. Uh, something easy to listen to, maybe almost too inoffensive in, at points, but uh, yeah, I still really enjoyed it. And I also really enjoyed an Instagram story he had recently that was a, I saw actually for the first time posted in the group by our friend Jacqueline. So shout out Jacqueline, where he was in Niagara Falls, New York, the the American side. And Uber picked him up and uh, <laughs> went to go pick up someone else at at the falls before taking Six Lag to the airport. And then... Uh, you know, said he would have have jumped out. It wasn't an Uber pool, and then took a, a picture of the person's knee <laughs> that he that her Uber driver went to pick up, and then posted, "You need to get your own ride. Need to now be uh, delaying my trip." People who say six lap probably pronounce the K in need, <laughs> which I thought is such a, a great line. And he also, I saw that recently, he has merch that says uh, six, six, six lack pronounced black, mm-hmm. uh, just like written all over it, like Bart Simpson uh, in detention, which I thought was also very funny. It's kind of nice to have like an R&B singer who has like some, you know, kind of like moody stuff who also has got jokes. Yeah, it's true. It's something I really appreciate. I appreciate it too. Cause a lot of R&B singers take themselves too seriously. Yeah. Let's be real. I mean, at, at what point will he admit that his name is a mistake? 
Uh, it's a good question because I mean, it's it, it, he seemed to have come. Don't get mad at us. I know, right? Like it's it's not a great name. Yeah, it's probably the worst part about him. Yes, it's true. But it's also now that six he's, lakh. That's actually kind of a dope name. It is kind of a dope name. It's funny. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, in some ways, but yeah. it's great. I prefer the the black spelt with a six. Yeah, agreed. Six doesn't sound like the word black at all. Yeah, anyway. this is supposed to look like it somewhat, but it's, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. Anyway. So before we wrap up, just want to talk about something we just discovered. Uh, as you, some of you may know, we recently got on Spotify with our podcasts. And if you're listening on Spotify, hello. Uh, there's a really cool thing on Spotify. You know, we, we've talked a bit about how much we, we appreciate when you guys take screenshots and tag us in your Instagram stories about it. But Spotify has this really cool feature where if you find the share button on this particular episode or any episode... It, it gives you a series of options and you can share it to your Instagram stories and it links people directly to the episode that you're listening to. So that makes it easy. It's not like they have to go to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher to search the podcast. They just have a direct link to the podcast. So if you're listening on Spotify and you want to show us some love, you want to help us out, you want to help continue to spread the word about the podcast. And even if you're not and you just want to go to Spotify and share the, the, the episode, that would be a huge help and we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, that would be really nice. We actually love it when you do that stuff. I know people, I feel like people they get compliments and you, you're like, do they actually appreciate that compliment? I took the time out to say. But when people show us love, it actually is like probably a turning point in my day every time that happens. It's true. It makes me feel so good to the point that I almost don't even know what to say back because what I really want to say is like, oh my God, I love you so much. I know. I just have to end up, I'm like, I got to send some emojis or I'm going to just, you know, I'm just going to gush yes, way exactly. too much and it's going to seem like too intensive a reaction. Yeah, exactly. And then they won't do it again. Yeah. You know? Well, please continue to do it. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We had a great time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll be back next week with more podcast goodness for your ears. Yeah. And in the meantime, um, stay safe. Have a great week. Peace.